Hey, it's Rob West. Before we get to the podcast, did you know that the MoneyWise app is an organized way for married couples to manage their finances and plan for future goals together? You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available in both desktop and mobile versions. You can get this great biblical money management solution by going to moneywise.org and clicking the Manage tab. Now, here's the podcast. One of the most loved and theologically rich Christmas carols is O Holy Night. But is it just about Christmas? I am Rob West. The third stanza of that carol boldly proclaims, Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Today I'll talk with Rachel McDonough about how investing relates to this verse and how you can be a part of it. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, our guest today is Rachel McDonough. Rachel is a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor, and she always has her sights set on how we can engage the culture with our investment decisions. Rachel, great to have you back with us. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Rachel, as you know, faith-based investing continues to grow as a movement, and we're constantly hearing from folks who want to get involved. So uh, what do you have for us today? Well, I'd like to talk for a few minutes today about the connection between slavery and our investing. Hmm. Now, when people hear Oh Holy Night, of course, they don't typically think about slavery for very long, just that one line, and they definitely don't think about investing. But actually, let's just imagine the connection right now. If you can just kind of put your thinking caps on for a moment and think through this lyric, all oppression shall cease. In his name, all oppression shall cease. I believe that that has a lot to do with the flow of capital Hmm. and how we can make intentional investment decisions as ambassadors of Jesus, and that in his name, we can exhibit justice and mercy through the way that we invest. So that investing becomes more than just about risk and return, but it becomes redemptive and even relational. Well, that's certainly a compelling vision. Uh, Give us an example of this type of investing. Yeah, I was privy to witness the launch of a brand new investment vehicle this year, something that I had never even imagined possible before. It's a venture capital fund. So they're investing in startup companies that are for-profit businesses that are specifically focused on eliminating human trafficking and elimination of uh, slave labor. Hmm. And so this, again, is not a nonprofit. You may have thought you misheard me, but in fact, it's not a nonprofit. It's a for-profit investment vehicle. And this is a wonderful example of the innovation and creativity that we're seeing in the faith-based investing arena. Yeah, and this is a real problem. I know folks often think that slavery ended in 1865 with the 13th Amendment, uh, but this is a big issue today, isn't it? It certainly is, Rob. According to International Justice Mission, there are right now about 50 million people enslaved across the world today. And so even though we think of slavery as really an issue of the past, It's estimated that the supply chain currently enslaves more people today than at any other time in human history. Mm. And if you're thinking of plantations and, and, you know, large 
factories that have a, a large number of agricultural employees. It really just isn't that old image of slavery. These are sadly people who indirectly are working for me and you because of our shopping and investing patterns. But of course, none of us intend for that to be the case. We don't intend to have slaves working for us. It's a problem that's very hidden deep within the supply chain. So when we purchase normal everyday items from reputable brands that we know and love, or when we invest in those same companies, we may be inadvertently benefiting from forced labor or even child labor. Wow. Yeah. And most people have no idea this is going on. You mentioned the supply chain of products we may be buying today. What types of industries are we talking about, Rachel? Yeah, it's well known and well documented that certain industries are riddled with these complexities. For example, the coffee, chocolate, seafood, and textile industries are all known for having slave labor issues deep in their supply chain. So imagine for me, uh, just a moment, a, a farm in West Africa where they're growing coffee. And instead of seeing, you know, the typical workforce, the people actually out there picking coffee beans could be young children forced to work long hours and be exposed to toxic pesticides. And, you know, coffee is something, I don't know about you, but something that I'd like to keep in my diet. Yes. So we have to work through these issues as investors and as consumers. Yeah. Well, it's exciting to know that faith-based investing is actually in part addressing this. We're talking today with Rachel McDonough, certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor about faith-based investing. And we'll have much more just around the corner. Stick around. We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the MoneyWise program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com. How should we as Christians think about investing? What if we could invest our money in a way that aligns with what we believe? At Eventide, we believe it is possible to love God and love our neighbor in the very practice of investing. We design investments for performance and a better world so you can invest for the future with a sense of wholeness and purpose. We call this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at investeventide.com. Thanks for joining us on MoneyWise. The number to call, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000 with any financial question. I'm Rob West, your host. Joining me today, Rachel McDonough. We're talking about faith-based investing and specifically in this portion of the broadcast, how some of the products we're buying include forced labor in the supply chain that actually gets them to market. It's a huge problem today. As Rachel said before the break, according to IJM, more than 50 million people around the globe uh, are estimated to be enslaved more than any time in human history. And Rachel, you were sharing some of the industries where this slave labor is involved. And you mentioned chocolate and coffee. Those certainly hit close to home. Uh, why is this such an important part of their business model? 
Well, slave labor really is a, an issue of supply and demand. And when we create the demand, because we like to purchase items like chocolate and coffee, uh, it creates a demand. And as shoppers, we like to have low prices. One of the things that keeps prices low is slave labor. When you have dirt cheap labor, uh, you're able to have a very competitively priced item on the shelf for a shopper to look at. Yeah, And the same happens for investors, right? So if we kind of take our shopper uh, role and switch to the investor role, when we're investing, low prices mean higher profit margins. And when we keep buying and the profits keep going and the, the dividends keep growing, uh, investors like to see that too because their share prices are going up. And so inadvertently, without knowing or, or having any uh, intentional of malice, the attractiveness of these companies that have inexpensive labor, it just looks really good to portfolio managers and to investors who are unaware of the underlying issues. So either way, whether as shoppers or investors, you know, that slave labor keeps the cost of goods low, drives up profitability, which we like as consumers and investors. And so it's it's really this win-lose supply and demand economic system yes. where we're unknowingly creating demand and criminal middlemen are providing the supply of cheap slave labor. Well, we need to shine a light on it as you're doing today, because as we said, most consumers have no idea this is going on in the supply chain of many of the products they're buying. Of course, many of our listeners, Rachel, give to nonprofits, and uh, those are on the front lines in many cases of battling to end slavery. But uh, you make the point that really that's not going to get it done with donations alone, is it? That's right. And donations are an important place to start. But if we really want to see change, we have to change the way we shop and the way we invest. Human traffickers are 100% in it for the money. Human trafficking is extremely profitable business. The International Labor Organization estimates profits of $150 billion per year as of 2020. And this criminal industry, of course, has only grown since then. So until the profit dries up and the money changes direction, this activity is going to continue. Hmm. So it's about changing our buying habits, but also our investing. So let's get specific, Rachel. What can Christians do about this? Yeah, on the shopping side, I have to be the first to admit that I'm really still learning. Uh, and it's, it's important for us to continue sort of learning and researching and wrestling with these issues. But on the investing side, I have good news. There really are clear actionable solutions on the investing side. The databases already exist that track information about um, labor conditions and, and supply chains. And so, you know, I've heard people argue that it's not really perfect. We can't, of course, 100% guarantee that there's no profit coming from exploitation. But let's focus on the fact that there are these resources available and there is something that we can do about it. So while change can be uncomfortable and inconvenient, if we're willing to learn and research and understand the different options that are already out there, uh, once the portfolios get updated, it takes very little effort to maintain. Mm. And there are also some wonderful low-cost options that are available. So if we can care enough to slow down, learn about the options, then that's really a positive way for us to show love to our exploited neighbors across the world 
by changing how we invest. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Rachel, these faith-based investing companies are intentionally choosing companies to invest in that are creating value for their shareholders, but also uh, where the supply chain does not include any of this forced labor. And I would imagine as capital is directed away from the companies that are using the forced labor, that's going to get their attention over time, right? It certainly does. We saw that happen in South Africa with taking down apartheid it was really investors who caused a tremendous amount of change to come. Mm. So in our practice, we encourage all of our clients to align their investments with their values. And freedom is, of course, one of the top values for many of our clients. The thing is, Rob, the investment approach for each investor depends on several factors. So there's not really a one-size-fits-all type of solution. But their preferences for risk, their need for liquidity, and the amount that they want to invest will determine the right style of investing for that client. Hmm. So just as an example, the venture fund that I mentioned earlier is really only available to accredited investors who have, the simplified definition would just be they have around a million plus to invest. But there are also direct indexing type of solutions where investors can choose from a menu of both positive and negative screens, meaning things they want taken out or added into their portfolio. And those are typically available for investors with $250,000. And then there are also mutual funds and ETF investments that are ethically screened. And those are available to investors of literally any size. Mm. Yeah, that's really great. Well, Rachel, we began this discussion today with a Christmas carol. So during this season and heading into the new year, perhaps it's a great time to reassess our investments, isn't it? It is. And especially when there's some market volatility like we've been seeing, there are often tax-savvy moves that an investor can make before year-end to take advantage of harvesting some of the tax losses out of their current investments that might be down. And then at the same time, repositioning into a portfolio that aligns with their values and helps to eradicate slavery. Mm, I love that. Well, we're about out of time, Rachel. I'd love for you to just tie a bow on this to continue our Christmas theme, and maybe you can sum it up for us. I'd love to. I I would say in closing that even though slavery is highly profitable, it's obviously not the kind of profit we want. And when we join forces with heaven and with our Christian brothers and sisters around the world, we can help to break chains and cause oppression to cease. Mm. I just want to close with reading from Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news for the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Mm. Rachel, I bet this is a brand new idea for many of our listeners and an exciting one, too. And I know you're excited about where this movement is headed in the future, aren't you? I sure am, Rob. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us today. Well, certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor, Rachel McDonough, has been our guest today. You can learn more about Rachel at WealthSQ.com. That's Wealth Squared at WealthSQ.com. 
All right, your calls are next. The number to call, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000 with any financial question. This is Money Wise. For a bit longer anyway, we'll change our name in the new year. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sometimes you just need a little guidance to help point you in the right direction. In 300 feet, turn right. If you're feeling lost when it comes to your finances, we're here to help. You can connect with a trained MoneyWise coach absolutely free. A MoneyWise coach can help you build a personal budget, develop a plan to knock out your debt, and more. Visit MoneyWise.org slash connect. That's MoneyWise.org slash connect. Hey, Greg, I need some advice. Oh, what's up? I'm really struggling with finding ways to cut back. With costs going up, especially in healthcare, what do you guys do? Oh, uh, we use CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a health cost sharing ministry that's been sharing members' eligible medical bills for over 40 years. Sure helped us stick to our budget. Hmm. Uh, here's the website chministries.org. C-A-C-H-Ministries.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host, taking your calls and questions today back to the phone uh, to Cleveland. Carrie, you're next on the program. How can I help? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I am recently switching over to my works company insurance, and it has a $5,000 per person deductible. And I was wondering if it would be better to do the Christian Health Share versus having my insurance through my work. Yeah, well, it's a, a great question to ask. You know, there was a time where you would just automatically go with your employer-sponsored health care plan because the cost of the employee was so low and uh, the deductibles were low as well. That's just no longer the case. It's now possible that medical cost sharing, a program like CHM, can save you money. And so you really just have to crunch the numbers. Uh, so have you been uh, to, for instance, chministries.org just to compare the costs of your employer-sponsored insurance, Carrie? Um, I haven't, only because, um, like I said, this was very recent that I will be switching it. So okay. I was like, very well, good. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions until I get all the information. Yeah, that's exactly make- right. Well, I think you just need to understand the difference. I mean, obviously, one is insurance, and so it's going to come down to what plan is offered through your employer. What's your portion if you're going to have to contribute to it? Uh, what is the what are those uh, deductibles uh, in premiums? But then also with Christian Healthcare Ministries, for example, like for instance, their Gold Program shares a hundred percent of bills for any medical incident. So this would be the incident, including all the bills related to it, that exceeds five hundred dollars. Um, so, you know, it's a, a different approach, but if you're not at the doctor's office constantly, a medical cost sharing plan can be very cost effective. And these days, as those uh, deductibles rise and the premiums or the portion that's passed on to the employee rises in many cases, along with the rising cost of health care, uh, this can be an attractive option for some folks. So I would encourage you to get on chministries.org website, check it out, get all the numbers, and then compare that uh, to what's being offered to you so you can make the best decision. Decision before you have to. Okay. All right. 
We appreciate you checking with us. All the best in that new job, Carrie. You're welcome. All right, quickly to Omaha. Hey, Mary, thanks for your patience. Go ahead. Yes, hello, Rob. Um, I want to ask you this question concerning CDs. I have four CDs that are each about $24,000, and I renewed them at that 1% interest rate about six months ago because there was nothing else to be done with them. So now at this point, uh, the credit union is offering um, 3.75% for three years. And I was wondering, should I take the penalty, should I cash them in and take the penalty and then apply for the 3.75? Or should I just leave them where they're at? Yeah. Have you inquired as to the breakage fee on that, the early withdrawal penalty? Oh, it's um, six months of the... um, of the uh, interest. Yeah, yeah. It's likely going to make a lot of sense for you. Now, if this was a one-year CD, that'd be different. But you said uh, you just six months ago got locked into this, and it's a five-year CD. Is that right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So usually it's between 90 and 120 days worth of interest. So you're going to want to just do the math before you do it to make sure this makes sense. But what I think you'll find is, given how long you would have to stick with this very low interest rate and given that you could lock in something that's you know three times or more that uh, than that, um, I, it probably is going to make sense for you to pay that breakage penalty and get your money back and then redeploy it uh, in something better. A couple of options. One is, you know, you could ladder this. So maybe you put one at one year, one at three years, one at five years, or one, two, and three years. And then that means every 12 months, one portion of this, one third of the money, uh, or one quarter, if you have um, uh, four of them, uh, is coming due, and then you can roll it over and take advantage of higher rates as they're available. Uh, so that would be one option. Hey, and don't forget to go to bankrate.com uh, to compare the rates being offered because uh, you'll find that many of the online banks have very attractive rates. So don't just assume that the bank you're with currently is the one, unless you're there for other reasons, it may not be the one offering the very best rates right now, and you could compare Compare them for all the different durations at bankrate.com and find out who has the very best uh, terms and uh, loan pro or not loan, but uh, CD programs. Thanks for your call, Mary. Uh, quickly, our final caller today in Idaho, Terry. Thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, thank you for taking my call, Rob. I, uh, sure. I my salary is roughly seventy-seven thousand a year, and my question is: Should I pay off my home loan? At ninety four thousand, I have two hundred and thirty thousand in a four hundred one. I'm holding out fifteen percent at this time, and my company matches five percent. I'm currently working. Uh, I plan to keep on working. I'm seventy one years old. Plus, I draw Social Security at twenty five hundred a month, and my wife draws roughly a thousand dollars a month. Our only payments are our house and a car payment that's $600. So I just okay. need the advice. Should I should I pull it out and pay that home loan? Yeah. yeah, and would you pull that out of your 401k in order to do it? Yes, sir. Okay, because there's no other liquid funds available, correct? Correct. I have 30000 in my savings account. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, you certainly could. I'd probably uh, spread that over at least two tax years. So if you wanted to do it, you could pull half of it this year and half next year. And that would just ensure that you're not going to push that up into a, a higher tax bracket um, because it would be treated as income over two tax years instead of one. So you got quite a bit of margin and you're putting away 20% a year with the match, which is great. Sounds like you plan to continue to work. And if you guys pay off the house, you'd have even more that you could start uh, socking away. The only thing uh, to consider here beyond the tax years, Terry, is just the performance of that 401k. Is it down a good bit with the market? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, all right. So I might go with this plan, but wait six months or a year until the market recovers and then initiate the plan maybe over next tax year and the year beyond that. Unless you just have a real conviction to get out of debt, I'd let that 401k recover before you lock in those losses. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense, and I sure do All appreciate right. your advice. You're, you're welcome, sir. Well, folks, uh, we are about out of time today, but we appreciate so much all of your calls. You know, here's what we want to do each day on this broadcast. We want to understand God's heart as it relates to our money because we know there's 2,300 verses in God's Word that deal with money and possessions. And the reason for that is because there's so much to say about our money and our hearts and ultimately our walk with the Lord. Would you come back and join us tomorrow? We'll be here for another edition of Money Wise. Money Wise is provided by Money Wise Media and listeners like you.